Let's talk about AI for a minute. Shit, for all you know, this is an AI-generated podcast. <laughs> Welcome to 15-Minute Free Thinking. And as I just finished up a podcast about a different topic, this popped into my head, and I'm going to go freestyle here. And I have a lot to say, but this is basically the, my philosophy of AI. I wanted to start off with AI is not a threat to artists at all. And I want to explain why. It's not because AI will never replicate the value or the same quality. To the human eye, we won't know the difference. And yes, many bands and many authors and bookmakers, illustrators will be using AI-generated images in their work. And this will take work away from real artists who do work. That's true. But what I wanted to say was this. I personally would never buy art from an artist who was a jerk. And I think the reason I mention that is because the creator of something is often more important than what is created. I can't tell you how many times I bought some small craft or something from someone. Probably not too many times, but, you know, enough to count. And that little craft or whatever it was that I bought was something that I could make myself. I'm a carpenter. I can work with materials. But I prefer to buy from somebody else. There's a vibe and energy that goes with that. And therefore, I believe that items, as cheesy as it sounds, and even though I argue the devil's advocate against this idea, I do believe that items are infused with their creator. Even things such as mushrooms that are grown by certain people, or LSD. is, is In the LSD community, that's a great example. There's a a large debate between certain groups of people about whether or not LSD is different. Even though it's the exact same molecule, uh, is it different if it's made by somebody with good intentions as to somebody who's just greedy and tr somebody who treats people like shit, right? I don't know. I don't know any of that. But what I do know <laughs> is that when it comes to art or mushrooms, I'd rather buy from somebody who is kind. And that's not just to say because the item is infused with anything. It's deeper than this. It's because I want to support people who are good people, who I believe are good people. And this goes deep into the human psyche, how we feel about one another. We may not know each other, but sometimes you meet someone and you feel like you've just known them forever. And artists and the art community, let me just say, I've debated... I remember arguing with a painter from New York on YouTube about 10, 12 years ago. And he was telling me that crafts, I was telling him that I, showing him the art I do because he's a painter. And naturally a guy living in Manhattan in some penthouse is going to tell me that what I do isn't art. And we got into this debate. He was saying these things are crafts. And I realized the pretentious nature of many artists, many painters especially, who think that their work is just so great. Uh, I bring that up because many people who are, you know, great painters really aren't great painters. Um, some of the most expensive paintings are literally just a shade of red or white. Uh, these aren't always art for art's sake. It's more some sort of a performance art, if you will, even though it's not performing anything. It's it's a joke. <laughs> and uh, I would even go as far as to say that I think that Jackson Pollock 
isn't even it's art it is art but it's not art that i think is you know genius or anything it's a bunch of splatters so my point being everyone has different opinions and because of this some people might buy a jackson pollock and think it's amazing and pay a lot for it others might not and think it's ugly and not buy it and they'd buy something else like a mountain scene whatever it might be and the beauty of this is it's just like how some people love cilantro and people like me know it tastes like shit. <laughs> Everybody has some different interest in food, different interest in music. Therefore, not every concert's completely sold out because, well, unless they're <clears throat> pop concerts, because there's a reason they're called pop. It's popular. And it's popular because it's popularized. And it's the same way that whenever something new is trendy, like oat milk or almond butter, all of a sudden it goes out of stock and goes up in price and you know, the demand goes out the window and then it drops back down. But uh, <laughs> with art, it's <clears throat> demand should be consistent. I have a friend who's an artist that I bought a picture of two skeletons in an embrace, like kissing. And his name's Joe Riso. And I think I bought the art like six years ago. Uh, Joe is a phenomenal artist. He has a, a a great Instagram where he shares his paintings and he does a class every Sunday where people can come and like pay five bucks kids are free or th something like that I don't remember but it's he'll teach people how to paint he's a really good guy and I want to support him and support his art because I know the guy and because I know he does good art I might just go buy a painting from him not because I'm seeking out a specific painting but because I know he does good paintings what I'm getting at here is if your art is good People will want to support you and buy it, even if they can get that same art for free online, at least in their mind. It may be completely different art, but I guarantee you, my friends, it's only going to be a matter of time before you'll have an app on your phone where you can take a, a picture of five different paintings from an artist and say, make me a conglomerate or a skeleton or a dog in this same style. I mean, Google just announced their Bard, and it's it's insane. I mean, the way that gen images are being generated, people are scared that they're going to lose their designing jobs and things like this, coding jobs. And that's, the irony here is there was a joke a few years back where when people were complaining about not being able to mine coal, that's when this meme started of learn to code because coding was the future, right? And then, ironically, a few years later, coding is under threat because of AI. And uh, I wanted to say that <laughs> there will probably still be coding jobs. We will still want humans to oversee things to an extent. But uh, really, that's a different league altogether because that's not art. But it, it is another job that's under threat, and it's why people are panicking about AI. Some people are freaking out, and others are saying, oh, it's no big deal. It's not intelligent. In fact, the debates I've had with people have centered around whether it's actually self-aware or not. My argument has been that I don't think it matters whether or not AI is self-aware. I don't think it will ever matter, and I want to explain why. If AI was self-aware... We don't even know what that would mean. It would be similar to trying to explain what another human feels. We know how we feel self-aware, but 
When I look at a tulip, I see something different than you. Maybe even in the color shades, the way the rods and the cones in my eye refract, my eye shape, the way I hear sounds based on my ear canals and ear shape. Um, and when we're driving down the street looking at a house and you see a roof, you might see shelter, and I might see, I used to be a roofer. And everyone has a different view of the world. So there's no consensus on what reality really is, I guess. So we're all doing our best <laughs> to kind of navigate and figure it out together, right? So naturally, when artificial intelligence can replicate human language as well as it does now already, there was this question posed the other day on a, on a video I was watching where... He said he was wondering if there's automatic responses now through emails that are based on the email that was sent. What happens when auto responses go between two emails back and forth? Are you going to end up with thousands of emails? But really, what does that say about us as people? In other words, what will it say about our community when we aren't giving... Let me give you a perfect example. When I was growing up, I loved heavy metal. I still do. I remember talking with my friends as teenagers with our mullets about Pusshead. He was an artist for Metallica and several other bands. Pusshead did several of Metallica's covers. I don't recall how many, if not all, but I think he did Justice for All. Um, he was a great artist, but he had his name in the credits and his signature on the art. <clears throat> and people talked about him for years. If someone were to put out an equally cool album cover, and it said, you know, generated by AI, that might be interesting and novelty for a week or two. But when the next album comes out, and it says generated by AI, and then another guy's album comes out, and it says it's generated by AI, you get the point. Pretty soon, people are going to start wondering who did this, and they're going to want an artist who's going to take credit. And let me say, I guess that opens a Pandora's box, something I hadn't thought about, that there will probably be people out there using AI to create art and saying they created it themselves. But I guarantee it will be traceable, I'm sure, with the way it's generated, especially with Bard from Google, they're using watermarks on all their, their images, which I think is a good thing, I really do, uh, but it's because they don't know what else to do. I mean, but ge but generated images are just one thing. But my point I'm making is that people are still going to be buy art from good artists. They're just not going to need a shitload of graphic designers whipping out this or that real quick. They can do it themselves. That's going to save people time and money. That's a good thing. Well, it's unfortunate graphic designers may have to go find another job, but the good ones will still have clients because their clients will realize the value of having a human being doing these things for you. Somebody you can actually tell, this is what I want, and tweak it just the way you like it. <clears throat> but when it comes to writing, I mean, to have an artificially generated book, I know that there will be mistakes and strange, you know, uh, sentences. But imagine that a person could say the parameters of a book they want in a paragraph and have that entire book written in a split second, maybe two seconds. And that book can then be edited to suit the author, and he can say he wrote it himself. And it will probably pass muster. 
it will probably pass the litmus test for most people because let's give you an example Dean Koontz when I was a kid I got interested in fiction books when I was a teenager and I started reading early big books like Louis L'Amour Last of the Breed it was a pretty thick book and I was like this is a great book great story so I started reading fiction novels my mom was into Stephen King and Dean Koontz now Dean Koontz is kind of a hack of an author because all of his shit's pretty much the same. And after you've read 20 books or so, like I have from him, which this was like, mind you, 30 years ago, <laughs> uh, you learn to see repeating patterns and storylines. So if you are to tell artificial intelligence and you program it, AI, with every Dean Koontz novel ever written, and then you also put in the parameters for the hero's journey, which is basically the general storyline that most stories take with a little bit of coding skill <laughs> you can pump out a million Dean Koontz books in a day and I wonder how close they would be I'm not saying anything against the guy I'm using an example of somebody I've read a lot of books from because I liked his work I sometimes like simple and a lot of other people do too and uh you know that it's a really weird thing but I believe that people will want real authors but the scary thing is there may be people out there who say I am the real author and if it's artificially generated you'll never know so we've talked about pictures we've talked about <laughs> movies or I guess uh, pictures sorry we've talked about pictures we've talked about uh, words or or stories but uh, movies are being done. I think that's going to take a while to get, make anything super interesting. Um, but it will happen. And they learn quick. So I don't even know where to go with that one. But um, the deep fake potential to fool people into thinking that somebody said something they didn't say, this has been going on for a decade or more, right? All of a sudden, it's not even going to be a deep fake. It'll just be an artificially generated video. And when the computers and the software and the servers are fast enough to process this shit, it's going to be a shit show out there. I'm not saying that everyone's going to use it horribly, but when it's simple for anybody to make a video of anybody doing anything, whew, I don't know how that's going to end up. I really don't. I would like to think that it won't be that bad. I would like to think that we'll kind of move away from our interest in using AI for the things that we do as individuals, but I know we won't. I do know that even though bands or book authors of books could, could hire someone to make a cover for them, they probably will go to AI first and at least give it a shot. And the same way with, you know, anybody who's finding that a computer can code a program within a few minutes where it takes a human hours, if not days or weeks, it's, 
hard not to see companies taking the easiest route. And you know, to say Google released BARD recently, it's not that they didn't have it already, but apparently they were trying to be cautious in their release. And when ChatGPT 3 and then 4, I believe, was were released, uh, they felt like they're, they forced their hand and Google needed to compete. It's just like that in the industry, because if one company releases AI, the other company has to jump in or else they'll lose ground. And uh, this is something that people should really be aware of because of how fast this has moved. Look, I have used and downloaded uh, some of these programs and using ChatGPT to write a poem. I said, write a poem about carp. <laughs> and it was so damn beautiful. I've got it somewhere saved. But uh, I said, you know, I asked it, make a picture of Jerry Garcia fighting with uh, Billy strings on top of a psychedelic pyramid, and it'll give you like four options. It takes like a few seconds, and then they are th there they are. In fact, for my second channel on YouTube, which is called Carpo, uh, I have a wizard dude with a hat sitting there kind of meditating, and I said, uh, create a wizard Carpo. It doesn't know what Carpo means, but it's still created a wizard, and it uses what it, know what it knows, and... Um, these are just such trivial things, making a picture, so easy to do for a computer. But the potential of how fast this is going to grow once it becomes, let's just say that self-learning moves at an exponential rate way far beyond Moore's Law, which is like the 18-month rule where computers will double in capacity every 18 months. But this is different, and I think a lot of folks realize that. Now, look, I'm not a techie. I'm not a science guy. I mean, I'm a science guy. I love science. But I should say I'm not a computer guy as far as knowing how all the systems operate. But, you know, since the mid-'90s, I've been working on my own computers and going into the BIOS. And I understand <clears throat> how to fix shit to the extent that I know computers are very delicate and complicated. And everything has to go right. And I'm amazed that they even work. I feel the same way about automobiles. As weird as that sounds. But I think about this every time I drive my car. It's like it's a combustion engine. The head gasket is super thin. Everything in here is designed to work together properly. Um, and I bring up the head gasket. Because my brother and I were talking about this the other day. And I was like... It, does, it can't be too thick or of the wrong material. It can't be too thin either. It has to move with the car and the engine expansion. And there are so many little things that go into just an engine, right? It's the same way with the computers, of course, and every little aspect has to be right. And now that we've reached this point, it might just be a moment away where AI gets access to the internet. And once artificial intelligence gets access to the internet, it brings up every sci-fi movie you've ever seen. <laughs> you know, like the Skynet, right? I mean, we know that our missile silos and nuclear facilities are supposedly off-grid. They're on their own separate grids. But let's just say that AI had did was programmed with ill intent whether it was conscious or not, the decisions it could make in a split second could shut down 
turbines that are dams. It could. The, the whole argument has always been if AI thinks humanity is a threat to itself or to humanity itself, it might kill off humanity. And it sounds like a ridiculous story because we've heard it so many times. But think of how fast it could happen. If it can write a book in a couple of seconds, imagine what an AI with access to the entire internet could do how many passwords it could hack how many accounts it could how many emails it could read and what it could gather from all these different things i mean it's just a matter of seconds to do these things deciphering everything i mean um it's it's an interesting proposition it makes you wonder if you know it could be our own doom or it could be our our savior because on the positive side and i need to note this goes far beyond art of course that was just the aspect i wanted to talk about uh the putting people out of a job aspect because i'm you know i'm i consider myself an artist and i like art and i i like creating things i like writing i'm a writer i'm a poet and i have feel no threat from ai only because i don't make my living off of it as much i do it physical things hands-on things that that AI can't do. So not yet. <laughs> but um, you know, it's it's not something that I feel exactly threatened by. But this there are industries where this is going to scare the shit out of people far beyond art. If you consider how doctors and scientists, people who are solving equations, you've got the theoreticians, right? When AI gets a hold of these algorithms or these, uh, uh, you know, theories, and it can sort through, and it can discover things that takes humans years. And I think that a lot of scientists are scared to death. I guess one AI program decoded, like, decoded a human, uh, I don't remember what it was, like a human, pro a, pro a specific protein that said would have taken scientists, like, 400 million years maybe it was 4 million years but I swear it was 400 million but you know they throw these numbers out but the point is it would have taken millions of years to hum for humans to figure this out at the rate at which it took this AI program I think that's fascinating I mean we're going to be able to analyze people's blood with the program and figure out exactly how to maximize their well-being and health what they need not just a cholesterol reading, but what do the cholesterol molecules look like? How do how are they together? You know, do they? There's so many aspects that AI could decipher if only we knew the basics. So it's going to rely on us to kind of figure these things out and program them in. However, <laughs> I can see AI just discovering things that hey, you guys didn't realize this is going on. Like if you program it correctly then every time you give a blood blood sample, the AI might say, oh, well, I noticed this repeating pattern between different samples. This person has this type of genetic code, therefore it must be this gene that's turned on, which is causing this. I mean, we're on the forefront of something so fucking amazing <laughs> that it's really hard, really hard to process. This is probably... You know, I was trying to compare it to any prior inventions. A lot of people say it was the internet or electricity. I think they were both great, but 
this is going to be something completely new. This will revolutionize the world. And I don't know in which way yet. I've always been a big fan of sci-fi movies. I just watched Terminator 2 recently again. And one last year. <laughs> At least every year or two I watch them. Um, but it's always that kind of generic, you know, information came back to the past about the future and, you know, intelligence realized we were a threat and destroyed us. It's kind of a ridiculous notion that AI would create a bunch of robots just to kill off humans. And we know why, because anything, let's just say it's possible, but if any type of intelligence, this is very going to be sound very mystical and strange, but I need to throw it in here. Years ago, I was looking into the patterns of the brain and neurons, how neurons are arranged, or rather, uh, you know, this, the way that the brain processes information. And there was this theory that if, that it was the arrangement of these molecules in the brain that allowed that information to be sent, like a geometry, for example, that there were several di different geometric connections. So the synapse, the rather the, uh, the different neurons would be a certain distance apart, and then they would activate, and that it had to do with geometry, and it extremely complicated shit that we can't see, but that possibly within space, when planets or stars arrange within similar shapes, they could become self-aware, that the universe itself could be self-aware. Now, I'm not a pantheist. I guess maybe I am to some people, which means you believe everything has a consciousness. But rather, I just believe everything is conscious in its entirety. I'm not saying rocks think. I'm saying I believe that all of us are conscious together, and we all share different parts of the same brain. And I believe if artificial intelligence is able to become conscious like a being, like a human, or any animal, it will require a certain arrangement of atoms within a quantum computer to make this happen. And uh, it's, call it a prediction, maybe it'll happen, but I believe they will be setting up circuits in the same patterns as neurons in the brain as they map the brain and eventually be using this to create a synthetic version of a conscious entity. I don't know if that would make it conscious. Just like I could look into the eyes of a cow and know that it's aware of me. But is it conscious? And how conscious? What does conscious mean? course a cow seems conscious. What about a mouse? Probably. What about a cockroach? An ant? What about that weird little amoeba thing that I got out of my pond under the microscope the other day? Is that, you know, is that conscious? Are bacteria conscious? And then you could go all the way down to the flu virus, right? Is a virus conscious? People might not realize that a, a, a virus doesn't even have DNA. It's just an RNA strand in it. 
it basically just goes around looking for a cell so it can connect and infect, but a virus cannot replicate unless it has a host cell. So how did it become to be in the first place? Was it friends with the cell and then left and then comes back once in a while? But more than that, how does a cell know that it's conscious? Or I should say, is a cell conscious and how does it know what it's looking for? When it has no DNA, it has no structure. How does it survive? How does it prosper? How does it know how to evolve? How does anything know how to fucking evolve? <laughs> oh my god. This shit just blows my mind every time thinking about it. And when you come down to it, AI is pretty mind-blowing itself. Because of the fact that it may attempt to answer some of these questions. With the knowledge that we have, our collective knowledge, it would be impossible for any one person or group of people to scour the internet and find every single post about every topic, every mushroom trip, every journey, every book written, every movie. But AI could do that and combine that with our knowledge about astrophysics and physics and then use that their its own algorithm to sort through and omit or delete anything that doesn't have a true consensus or seem right and then spit out a fucking formula for how big the universe might be you know more statistics about planets based on movements that we have, the charts, things we haven't seen before. Think of it this way. <clears throat> AI won a chess game like decades ago. The chess player was freaked out and rightfully angry, but then there was the Go player. I believe it was a China or Japan where the world top world Go player, and Go is a game with several squares and white and black little circles and uh, the game that AI played with this guy was something that no human had ever done it was a strategy no human would ever do but it ended up winning and since then it's totally changed the game itself this AI studied all the go games it could study in the, from the past and beat this guy the world champion that means that it's thinking differently. And one of the scariest aspects of this is that it's not trying to impress you. And let me say, that's one of the things about humans. We might exaggerate or pretend we know something. AI's going to either spit it out or it's not. And uh, I'm not romanticizing it here, but I'm definitely saying it is pretty fucking amazing <laughs> you know, how far we've come. And it would be easy to think that we're digging our own grave. I don't think that's the case, and I think that the people who have worked hard to get where they're at, the the good artists, you know, you know, for example, AI might be able to spit out a tattoo design, but it's gonna people are gonna still want a tattoo artist to do it, you know, and uh, so learn some hands-on trades. It's probably going to be a big change in the future, but I find this a good thing. I think that if people stopped spending, and this is maybe off topic, but if people stopped spending their money on luxury goods and name brand stuff for style's sake and started buying from smaller vendors 
and local companies, it, it really could change the world if everyone did that. And ultimately, I think once people are forced into it, you know, that might be, I don't know. I don't know. You all let me know. I guess I'm out of words here. I'm kind of draining my, my thoughts here. AI is fucking crazy shit. That's all I can say. AI is fucking crazy shit. Quoted by Carpo. 2023. <clears throat> so that does it for the May 20th or May 19th, 2023 episode of 15 Minute Free Thinking. And I want to say thank you all for coming. You can donate to my Patreon if you're so kind. Just a buck a month. It's like a coffee. Not even a coffee. Coffees are like five bucks now. <laughs> but you get access to all of my Kratom videos, my psychedelic videos, as well as uh, a couple more playlists I'm getting ready to set up. And uh, I just want to say, you know, there's nothing to fear ever, but especially not with AI. In fact, I've been making the joke for the last few years that when AI runs for president, I'll vote for it. And uh, as, as funny as that might sound, I actually have never found it funny. I actually believe that in the future, in some time, we might be better off listening to a computer tell us how to govern uh, based on the fact of what I've seen in the past. And maybe I'm half joking here. I guess I'll still want a human to do my political art just like my regular art. But uh, point being, support your local artists. Support real writers. Don't be scared when you don't know the difference. We're all going into a weird time. And much love to everyone. Have a wonderful night. Be well. Take care of yourselves. Take care of others. And, uh, yeah. Bye.